Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about inspiration, testing, and we have part one of our interview with Majida Birch from Big Smile Collective. Welcome, my friends, to another episode of the pretty well-established Kindness Project. I'm joined by a girl who is reminding me of some very camp photos that, are, that I'm involved in, <laughs> and a, a, a man who is making me want, not a girl, a woman. Sorry, that's that's really disrespect from each other. What would you like to be referred as? I don't care. A human who... <laughs> a bird no no that's that's disrespectful um i my little chicken anyway who um reminded me of some very camp pictures i'm involved with and a man who made me think of the question what comes before beta it's rasmund charlotte how are we doing beta you mean like beta i thought it was beta yeah, um, like no, a that's beta the, test. That's the Americanized version. No, I don't think it is. Uh, I thought it was beta. I uh, think you might be thinking of zeta, as in it's a different symbol in the same alphabet and sli- uh, spelt slightly differently. I thought, okay, all right, I'll go. I'll go with you, beta. 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 I'll go with you, beta. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with you. Uh, no, beta. Okay, beta testing. So what comes before beta testing? The, the concept. Yeah, concept design. Concept um, design. Yeah. Right has, it got, from has, it got a, has it got a, uh, a letter of the Latin alphabet to go no. with it or not? Oh, no. It's fine. No. Go on, Charlotte, what are you thinking? Um, I don't know. I can't remember the order they go in, but... Alpha, beta, gamma, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there's delta and phi and zeta, and it goes down. But I can't remember the exact order they go in, but, yeah. So, so Rousey's uh, on a Sunday as well, as we're recording this, doing a bit of work. Um, I I've been... I've done any work. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, what are you doing the week? For our family businesses, where that's uh, what are you talking about? No, that's work, work. This is stuff I enjoy doing. Plus, yeah, like Russ. Okay, I don't know if this is just a me thing, but do you ever just rise out of bed at random times of the night and have to quickly jot something down because you know you're going to forget it? If... No, that's just a you thing. Okay, <laughs> okay, just a me I've heard people talk about that, but I've got a. Uh... I've got a voice note thing on me phone. So oh, yeah, no, I just opened my Google Docs and... I'm thinking about something, uh, I usually record it. I sleep soundly at night. No, I rose at 2am this morning with an idea for a story. But they but they do say, if you've got something That's in your mind, exactly right. it, it to help you go time. back to sleep, you should certainly yeah. uh, make sure that you're writing it down. I don't tend to do that. I tend to sleep like a baby. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not like that. Mm. So yeah. you do a voice note, you're right? Yeah, like, like talk to me fun. 
talk to your fans. What's the last voice note you had on your phone? Last voice note was from last night. Oh, go on. So that happens quite a lot, then. Yes. Nightly? Yeah. Every night? I'm up, most, I'm up night. most nights, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you wake up most nights? Yeah, but nightly. I don't know what nightly means. <laughs> you haven't got to explain the term. I'm just... Well, we had to... <laughs> We had to explain beta. I just wanted to uh, make no, sure you no, know. no. That was that was your your bizarre way of your Americanized way of pronouncing anyway. it. And I'm, right, hold on, stay there, <laughs> stay there. What was your what was your one last night, Russ? What well, was so it was around the concept that I had the other day, but when I got back thinking about something. Usually other things pop up in my mind. Yeah. So I'm looking at a podcast workflow app. And then last night, my recordings was around a book club workflow app. No. Well, build your own book club. No, it's a book club management app where you can vote on books. You can suggest books. You can you can schedule meetings. So yeah, this is all the crazy stuff that just rolls round in my head. Yeah, Russ. uh, If you already didn't know, listeners, Russ is definitely our um, resident tech guru at the Kindness Project, and is a bit. Good. Now, uh, let me just play what Google thinks beta should sound like. Sorry, what? what how oh, did you guys pronounce that. it? We can't hear that. We can't right. hear that. Let me let me play it again. To see if it plays. No. Okay. So, Google the British pronunciation of Google. Uh, of beta. Google, it's Google, yeah? (laughs) The British pronunciation of beta is B B, phonetically done B-E-E-T-U-H beta. Now, you can go for the American pronunciation which is beta. So, actually, chaps, you two, and Google it after I already did. I already did. I've been doing it while we've been sitting here. Ah, so so who's 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 right? Who's right with beta? We're Alpha, right. Beta, gamma, delta, epsilon. No, 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 no. Don't, 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 don't need the oh. entire alphabet. <laughs> Eta, theta, iota, kappa. <laughs> right. So we, so, sorry, as we're all Lambda. British, who was correct? Lambda. <laughs> We were right. correct. Nu, nu, z, omicron, pi, rho, sigma, tau, epsilon, phi. Right. P, not only. Phi, not omega. only. Not only does. We're going to feel like forty-five minutes with the Greek alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Not I'm only, done. Done not, the Greek alphabet. Not, not only does um, uh going through the entire Greek alphabet not make the great podcast material it is a way uh, it is the worst way of trying to avoid the question that I was just trying to. so let's go back to it as we're all British yeah but I've never heard it called a beta test specific, sorry but no in the specific context I've never heard it called a beta test it's always a beta test no, within the no, specific no. context American English 
would call it a beta test. Are we all agreed? I'd like, no. I don't want to go over this. No. Are we all agreed no, that agreed. if we're English, we should do beta? No. All right. Let's have beta. Let's have beta. That sounds I'm, like so, we're going out for food, guys. Like. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, <laughs> beta. Like, Let's have a beetroot. Beetroot and chips. Zach. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Zach and Russ? I said it, it looks like Charlotte wants to jump down the computer and beat her you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think Charlotte's entirely comfortable with admitting she's wrong um, on this particular <laughs> point. On this particular point. So much so, she's decided to fill the entire podcast for us just with the Latin alphabet. Repeating repeat the Latin alphabet. Anyway, uh, I'm going, I'm still going for beta. I think I've persuaded Russ. I think uh, Charlotte might be stubbornly sticking to beta. I'm just going to never use the word again. What word? The words that we've just been discussing. What <laughs> words? Beta or beta? What one? Yeah, yeah, Russ, exactly that one. What one you're not going to use? Beta or beta? <laughs> you know, just whatever. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna do a whatever test. Is gonna be the uh, is gonna be the thing. No, you just go. Oh, I'm just gonna do. Oh, what's it when you do the first one, and then whatever they say, I agree with. You know. Fair enough. Um. Uh. Now. Um. Let's uh talk about um what we're gonna what we what's going on on the podcast over the next few weeks. <laughs> We have, uh, oh no, we have got an interview this week because we did one Friday, Russ. We, for the probably for the first time ever since um, since we started, we started to run out of interviews, didn't well, we? Well, the early days, so after episode 10. Yeah, after episode 10, we actually had plenty of people to interview on the podcast yeah. at all times. Um, it got a bit desperate, didn't it, Russ? Because we got that, to a point. That was where... my fault because. I've been trying to arrange them, but yeah, people. Have been... And now we've got loads and loads and loads and loads lined up. Um, loads lined uh, up. So thankfully, we we have got uh, an, an interview this week, and thankfully it was a timely um, uh, interview because uh, Madge, who's coming on the podcast, uh, has got loads of projects uh, on at the minute that she wanted to share. Uh, one new thing we we're not doing this week is um, a question of the podcast. <gasps> so we we we're giving question of the podcast a break. Now we can do an unofficial question of the podcast. It's, gents, is this because we're not getting any responses? It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Ever since my Facebook got hacked. Yeah. So I haven't got a Facebook account anymore. We 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 used to get loads and loads of responses sent to me personally on my Facebook, um, and it's yeah we thought we'd give it a bit of a rest anyway. We want to freshen up the format, and as the book is coming out soon, Raj, do you want to tell us where you can find out more about the book? Yeah, uk forward slash book forward slash book. Little drum roll for you, Russ. Oh, well oh, done, oh. Russ. Well done, Russ. <laughs> um, uh, we didn't even need to beat the text that, did we? You just did it first time. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<laughs> I'm just going to use beta test throughout the uh, throughout the podcast now. Um, uh, we do want to share some insights um, uh, from the book because the book is coming out soon. I really hope, listeners, that many of you buy it. And I, I know that you will. Um, we've already had a really good uh, reception um, to, to the book coming out. Um, and what we'd love to do is raise loads of money for charity because we are selling the book uh, at no profit to ourselves. We're giving a hundred percent of the money away to charity, and that's what we're going to do. Um, but there's a few people uh, in the book that I'm really, really proud to have got to know better through the book um, and through the podcast. One of those people is uh, Patrick Long. Now, Patrick, I met through my work initially. Uh, Patrick was um, a fellow financial planner really lovely guy who built his own financial plan and realized he didn't want to be a financial planner anymore <laughs> um which as compelling financial plans go is actually a really good result because you're working out what you actually want to do with your life it's part of um, a really robust financial planning process so he got to the point where he went well actually i want to do charity work and patrick has been on the podcast and he's due on again right isn't he, he? he's coming up uh in a couple of weeks yeah um and i've got to be honest charlotte have you ever been on an interview where we've interviewed patrick i think i've only been on like Five or six, no, non-live ones. You've been on about seven, yeah. You've been, you've been on, yeah, but uh, you've been on one a few. One of them was Patrick. One of them was Patrick. No, one of them was Patrick. Patrick. Patrick um, is a lovely, lovely guy. He, he's done loads and loads of work over the years for amazing causes, including Good Gym and the charities that he's worked on uh, over the years. He's a brilliant, brilliant bloke. And every time I speak to him, he gives me a brand new insight into being kind because Patrick, I I know, is one of the kindest people out there um, and has made positive change in his own life towards being able to help others and um as i say we've been lucky enough over the past few years to share bucket loads of insights from some amazing people patrick is certainly one of them however one of the um things i most remember about patrick was a little bit more recently because we we've interviewed in, interviewed him in the podcast a couple of times but um some of you might know that i uh did london marathon last year because i've talked about the podcast and stuff like that and patrick um uh, was on the route for the london marathon now imagine this i'm running past canary wolf uh, I'm, I'm going out of canary wolf and suddenly uh, i hear my name uh, and, and thankfully, there was a few people when I was doing the London Marathon, I knew along the road. Bernadette Razzle, who's been on the podcast um, uh, and is, again, an amazing advocate of, of kindness, uh, has a house on the road that she decorates every year to uh, encourage runners. So I saw Bernadette, said hello to Bernadette. That was amazing. Um, 
and Patrick was another one that was on the road. And suddenly I'm running along. Um, I'm feeling it because I'm a few miles in, and uh, suddenly I, I hear um, Chris, Chris Dives, Chris Dives. <coughs> I turn around. I won't be throw there. I've turned around. Patrick Luong's there, amazing guy. I was so happy to see him. I gave him a hug. Right now, normally you see somebody, you give him a hug. It's normally fine. I've given my hug and just carried on running. Then I'm thinking that was probably the sweatiest hug I have ever given someone in my life. That that can't be true. That can't be true. Because I've I've hugged you at the end of your runs, and that's that's never a good that's never a good move on my part. You know, like well, well, uh, okay, you're right. But bear in bear in mind that like. Matt, the marathon is a particularly long run, and um, I think I got a hug from you, like just before Patrick's hug. Actually, I, hugging is a good way to get through the marathon because then you can like sort of just just make sure that you're getting the moral encouragement. It's like a little, and, it's like a little kick of serotonin to your brain, just like it is. Uh, so anyway, I'm running along, thinking I hope I've not offended Patrick by giving him a hug. Get to Tower Hill. I've just seen you guys because you were on the run. You were on the way there and on the way back out. Yeah, of yeah, we shifted around. Yeah. yeah. Russ didn't look happy because I think Cassie <laughs> dragged him around London all day, didn't you, Russ? <laughs> <coughs> that was all right. Okay, he was all right. He was having a little chill with a... hanging over a step. I was. Um, I think I was counting Teletubbies at one point. I was at what? a bus. <laughs> yeah, From what was... I remember, I was at a bus stop. You was yeah, at a yeah. bus stop. Yeah, yeah. There was lots of Teletubbies. I was counting them as they were going through. But what was the most pop- popular? Tinky Winky, Dipsy, La La or Poe? La La. There was more La La's than Tinky Winkies. There was more... Yeah. Was there? How many Dipsies were there? Did you do a tally sheet, Charlotte? No, there was no, there was no dipsies. No dipsies. Oh God! What's I took going a, on? I took a picture every time one went past. Um, so I saw three lalas, <laughs> two tinky winkies, <laughs> and one right. pub, and no, no dipsies. Why does nobody want to be a dipsy, Russ? Well, <laughs> if you if you if you read my favourite Teletubby, so I just like when you get fit, Russ, and run a marathon, can you go as Dipsy? Can you be Charlotte's Dips? I will. <laughs> okay. Best Teletubby. <laughs> best te- best Teletubby. I you promise. Will do that. If I ever get round to running a marathon, no, 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 no. Make a firm oh. commitment, Russ. <laughs> go on. If I ever get Would round to re- running. <laughs> Running a marathon, I'll go as Dipsy. See, I looked at buying myself a Dipsy. What shape does Dipsy have on his head? I don't know. He's the green one. Um, Let me Google it. Yeah. I'd have to to Google that. Well, before you. It's just the straight straight line. It's the pointy one. Oh, that's all right. I don't mind that too much. He's bright green. 
Now, the good news is, Rose, they do do an adult version of the uh, costume. So, uh, oh, yeah, I, but I looked at buying myself one and they're ridiculously expensive. I mean, they're, they're not cheap, but um, if you if you promise <laughs> to come along to the Christmas party, Russ, um, <laughs> the, the outfit's yours. I'm dressed as tipsy. If you want. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not promising that. Oh, okay, fair enough. If you, I'll tell you what I'll do with you, right? If you agree to do a 10K with me at some point, I'll go as Tinky Winky, you go as Dixie. Well, I've agreed to do a mud run with you at some point. Yeah. Where's my chance to win my Dipsy costume? (laughs) No, no. Rice is Dipsy. You're going to be... How much are the Dipsy costumes? £46.99 on Amazon. (laughs) Yeah, I I have to be Dipsy to buy (laughs) my... Can we get back to Patrick now? We've gone off, as we, as we normally do, we've gone completely off tangent. You'd have to be dipsy to buy one. Russ is on it tonight. Russ is totally on it tonight. Um, uh, but let's get back to the let's get back to the story. So um, I'm worried about um, I'm worried about uh, um, Patrick and the fact that I've given him a big sweaty cuddle. I thought he will probably never talk to me ever again. Um, but it was actually at Tower Bridge and gave me another big sweaty cuddle. So um, I, I got to give uh, one of my favourite people in the world a big sweaty cuddle twice. That's my uh, Patrick story. Uh, story, And I am so pleased he's uh, been featured in the book. Um, and yeah, absolutely love having him in there. So uh, let's move on to... Oh, no, even though we haven't got a... Uh, 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 question of the podcast this week. Let's just share with everybody how they can just send us whatever yeah. they want. Let's do that. Um, we are accepting. I don't want to say anything because that's. Please don't just send anything. Like you know. Send. Uh, can we start a GoFundMe page to uh, uh, just raise the money to get Russell, um <laughs> A Teletubbies costume. Is that is that? I want fair? a Teletubbies costume. Oh, look. Here we, here we, they're so... I, I'm not joking. I literally asked Mum for a Teletubbies one. They're one expensive, day. so they are expensive. Oh, no. Right. I've said to Russ, I'd get him a Teletubbies. I said to Russ, I'd get him a Teletubbies costume. But we now, if we all get a Teletubbies outfit, we are the Teletubbies. Oh, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? Right. Who's so? What are you, Russ? What Teletubby? Are you? I'll, I'll be the son. No, the baby. Go as a Teletubby. Four. It says four. Who are you going to go as? I'm Dipsy. I want to be Dipsy. Lala. I want Lala. Right. right. The youngest goes first. Sophie's Dipsy. Who do you want to be? Uh, Russ is Lala. I'll take Poe. Poe. The red. Do I get to be Tinky Winky? Yeah. <laughs> Purple one, yeah. Ah, oh, the purple one, yeah, perfect. All right, let's move on. Let's, <laughs> let's talk. Apparently, it's blue. It's uh, not let, purple. Let's talk about where people can uh, get in touch with us. Righto. On Twitter, we're at Ola Kindness. Go and follow us over there. Um, on Facebook, we're Ola. Nope. 
Nope. On Facebook, we've tapped the kindness project into the search bar, which should come up. Same with Google. The website is www.thekindnessproject.co.uk, as Russ said earlier. Follow that one for the uh, the book thing. My mind yeah. is going blank on the www.thekindnessproject.co.uk forward slash book or just go to the website and there's a pop-up that comes up pretty yeah. quickly doesn't it yeah i was on the website the other day and it like flashed it was, right, it was right in your face so very glad for that oh my thing's broken um if you want to email us directly without going through the website or any of our socials it's oller at the kindnessproject.co.uk and if you want to get in touch with us personally twitter is probably the best option um so you're uh, Dad, you're at Chris Dames. Yep. I'm at Charlotte J. Dames. Uh, Dames is D-A-E-M-S for both. Uh, I don't know if I follow Russell on Twitter. I probably do, but I don't know what your Twitter is off by heart. I don't use my Twitter. Okay, we'll just leave that then. Yeah, fair enough. Um, uh, Rallis just stalks you and moans at you if you don't boast your... Um, I did it last time. I did it last two times. And this week as well. Yeah, exactly. It went up. It went up ten minutes after the article at around nine p.m. So, yeah, drop down, drop down. Right. So let's move on to kindness news, and we have been on the kindness project, profiling the the amazing people who um, make up the independent uh, hundred most inspirational people. Charlotte, do you want to tell us a little bit about why Bianca Effany is so amazing? Yeah, sure. In 2004, while working as a receptionist at Kingston Hospital Pediatrics, Bianca noticed that small things make a huge difference to families in crisis following a significant diagnosis. She set up Momentum Children's Charity with the mission of ensuring that no family with a seriously ill child has to cope alone. The person who nominated Bianca says she has this special gift of knowing just what a family needs, be that creative therapy for a child struggling with their illness or fast-tracking counselling sessions for grieving parents. The charity currently supports more than 350 families across West London, Surrey and Sussex, with services including counselling, creative therapies, experiences and respite breaks. They also improve the environment for children treated in hospital with refurbishments that transform bare clinical areas into bright child-friendly spaces. That That is amazing uh, work, Bianca. Um, well done for doing such brilliant work. Um, for kids who um who, who need it you know what's interesting i um I, I i was um i was at dinner on wednesday um uh, uh and we had a guy uh come and present to us uh about um he the charity he's involved with now we will be getting him on the podcast Raz, because i know you're um you're in the um yeah, don't uh, reply to me. I've reached out to him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not, maybe don't mention it live on the podcast though, right? So it might it might give me incentive not to come. Um, also, this podcast goes out on Thursday. A lot can change in what four yeah, days. You might, you might get a response by then, Raz. You never know. So, um, uh, we he will be coming on the podcast at some point. Um, but he um worked for a charity linked to our hospital. 
And he said one of his greatest challenges is um, uh, even though the hospital clearly does all the essentials, they do the operations, they do sort of, um, you know, the, the, the care, the, the clinical element, what they're not great at and they don't fund is all the luxuries, you know. So his charity makes sure that if you're in hospital on Christmas Day, everybody gets a Christmas present. If you're... Um, if you're going to see, and apologies if it sounds really morbid, but if you're going to see somebody in the mortuary, um, uh, the mortuary is a pleasant-ish place. You know, it's always going to be tragic, but it's a nice-ish place to go and visit your your loved ones. Um, uh, and it, they do a wide range of stuff just to support people who are in the hospitals, but just want you know that all of that stuff to make them feel better so um yeah just if if, if you do get an opportunity to support charity that actually delivers um some of the nice stuff that makes people feel a little bit more yeah um loved and cared for whilst they're in hospital certainly think about that i know there's loads of great causes out there but um certainly open my eyes to not always assuming that the nhs pays for everything that um you get when you when you're in Osbell. The other person we wanted to showcase is a guy called James Elliott. Known as the Canoe River Cleaner, James has been regularly cleaning Grimsby's River at Freshney since 2020 to provide a clean habitat for wildlife and promote the riverside green spaces for residents to enjoy. It began as a pandemic hobby while James was on partial furlough, carrying out his first river cleaning his vessel on Boxing Day in 2020 and removing 20 bags of rubbish. It was inspired to make the project a long-term one and has since then received backing from local businesses, the wider community, who are helping to sponsor a team of volunteers who can support the others. James also informs local locals about river safety and swimming guidance. So making our environment say better place to be is certainly laudable so well done james for that amazing work let's move on to the first part of our interview this week uh we've got majida uh birch from the big small collective uh i i know majida quite well and and she's been involved in sort of community project projects for uh, a while but this one is one that she's got really big ambitions for um and is certainly going to help a lot of people out so let's listen to the first part of the interview with madge hi madge how are you i'm good thank you what's your week been like Busy. Busy? Why has it been busy? Um, we are starting a new project in Chelmsford, so we've been doing lots on that. Bad. Good stuff. Can you tell us a bit more about that, or is it is it secret? No, it's not a secret. <laughs> no. um, it's, it's a project um, with the local cultural education partnership. So it's a pilot project, and we're going to be trying to bring some interesting things to detach youth work in Chelmsford, things like uh, music, photography, sport, uh, mixing lots of things into an arts award in Chelmsford. So Fact. it's new and we haven't said much about it yet. So that was slightly hesitant because we're still kind of perfecting how we talk about it. I'd imagine, I'd imagine part of the sort of job that you do when you're, when you're given these awards is just to work out how to communicate to the 
everybody else, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, with all of um, art in general, I think as well, like what we're trying to get across with this is there's so many ways to approach it. So yeah, yeah. we're going to be yeah. kind of putting out lots of different disciplines and getting artists to come in and talk about what they do, which will be really interesting. Following on from the book that we did, the thing about artists, some of the artists within that book will come and teach some of the young people some of the skills they have. So I think Perfect. it's going to be a really interesting mix of styles and people. Yeah, but it's not a subjective medium either, is it? It's just like it is down to your interpretation of what art is. Absolutely. And that's and that's kind of also what we're trying to challenge. So we want to sort of say to people, you're doing an arts award, but you could study a local artist. You don't have to study Michelangelo or whatever. Yeah. You know, you, you could... So they could, because part of the arts awards, they actually need to look at someone's work. So they could be looking at someone they who went to the same school as them or someone from the same yeah. area, and that would be more powerful for them as a young person, I think, to connect with people. So we're hoping that that will be. Big you know what? I, I, one, my, my youngest daughter Charlotte. Uh, no, I've got the names wrong. Um, my youngest daughter Sophie. Um, I should know the names of my kids, Madge. Shouldn't I? Really? That's a bit of a schoolboy error. Um, one, my, my youngest daughter loves art. So we probably once every couple of months take a trip down to the Tate Modern. And during the summer holidays, they had this amazing, actually it was probably sort of, yeah, it was sort of end of August. Um, they had this amazing um, exhibition in the Turbine Hall. And effectively it was a, it started off as a completely white space, so it was a it was a house um, that was you know no not painted just completely white, and it had five or six rooms. And part of the art was um, effectively when you went into view the art, you've got a book of stickers, and what you could do was actually create the art with the artist. So the artist created the environment for you to create. And it was really interesting. So when we went, I think it had been up, I think it was it could be up there for a month and it had already been up three weeks. And you could see these little pockets of independent things people have created, um, not on their own, just collectively over a period of time. Yeah, that's so interesting when, when everybody does a little bit of something. Like we did... Um a doodle wall in Romford a little while back and I think we're going to be doing another one for Halloween and Liz yes. was drawing things but then people were contributing Adding on. She, was draw she was drawing around things or they were turning her things into things she didn't expect and there's something about that whole collaborative nature of artwork which is really fun. Yeah, I, I, I mean it, it was a really it was a really fun event, I mean it was busy uh, because it, it's in the middle of the Turbine Gallery in the summer holidays but you had the kids involved, parents involved, you know you just... It, it, it was amazing, but what you could see was like, I suppose there was like 30 stickers in the book. There were massive works of art that must have been hundreds of people just slowly adding on to that individual's initial idea, and I just absolutely loved it. How do you, we, we'll come on to the questions in a minute, how do you actively get people engaged more with art? Oh, <laughs> well, it, that's a massive question. But I think in terms of the way we, we tend to be doing it is bringing it to them. So I mentioned yeah. Mercury more. So being in a shopping centre and doing, for example, colouring in bags when they just went out shopping 
yeah. they've just done a bit of art by accident or um, having an exhibition somewhere in a cafe or in a community venue where people are going to be passing anyway and then they go oh I quite like art but I didn't realise that so I think yeah. sometimes it's it's making it making it accessible right yeah but also relevant so not only is it near them but is it something they actually find interesting because if not they'll be like well art's not for me but you so you've got to also think about the subject matter or the way you're teaching yeah. it or the, the way you're presenting it so it feels relevant to that person I think and that you, you know what I um I I've during lockdown I really got into uh Grays and Perry's art club on channel four um and it was a really it was a really I find him quite a skilled like um explainer of art because actually he just explains it in a way that that is is very um yeah it's very accessible and it, it and, and again anything could be art and getting people to actively engage in art during a period where actually they needed something to distract them from what was going on mm. it was it was interesting and we went to uh, uh we went up to see the exhibition in Manchester when it was on. Um, and it was, you know, a, like a bit of Grays and Perry's work, but the majority of it was people just sending in and getting actively engaged with, with the process. I do like the phrase art by accident as well. Like somebody's just turned around and go, oh, I've done some accident. Wow, there, that was uh, <laughs> that was unusual. So um, talk to me a bit, a bit about you now. Tell us a bit about you your background, what you do, and, um, uh, yeah, just tell us about you. Yeah, so I'm Majid Birch. I'm a business owner in Haverhill, which is how I know Chris. We've run run into each other many times at various sporting and business events. And yeah, we have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a local business owner. Um, my business partner, Lisa, is an artist, and I, I suppose, sell and facilitate her art. I'm not particularly creative myself but I can do digital artwork and that kind of thing so I get involved in the creative process but she is the one that generates it all so we've been a duo for over 20 years um which yeah <laughs> quite a while um we met at school and yeah always wanted the business together and that that worked out so that's that's great I'm working with my best friends so you can't ask for more Obviously so, was it always the ambition then, Age? Was it like, was it always like, what age did you think? Well, we were at school and we wanted to have a fashion business, which we did end up having. So, yeah. kind of yeah. from when we met, we wanted to do something creative and then it moved yeah. into being more interiors and wallpaper. And then now we seem to be moving towards Lisa doing art and us also trying to work with other artists and work with the next generation as well in terms of passing on skills because there isn't necessarily a, a traditional pathway into art I mean yes you yeah. can go to art college yeah. but that's just part of it there's so much to it in terms of making a career as an artist and like we run an artist network locally but that's an artist network for people who don't like to network so yeah, sure, how sure. do you get them to network so so you have to make it really easy and no barrier to entry yeah and i suppose that there's there's you know there's the creative element of of actually producing the art but there's also the element where you've got to market and sell the art right yeah and, and art's optional so you know in the climate at the moment people love art but they don't necessarily need art 
yeah yeah and so, so it, it's a optional luxury purchase so we have to get more and more creative with what we do to make sure that it's accessible to people because there's never enough selling things for thousands and thousands of pounds to go on one person's wall it would be better for us to do things that you know impact more than one person really yeah yeah and and i suppose it's one eye on the impact you make and one eye on making sure it's sustainable financially or or wherever you're yeah yeah so and i suppose that's the other thing for me the the element that always like, i don't understand particularly well is when you're having conversations with you know chelmsford or you know romford or, or whoever it might be about art projects what are you talking about in terms of the positive impact of art i suppose it's things like um it depends it totally depends so there was we did a mural by romford station so i would say the positive impact of that example was there wasn't any graffiti for all the years it was up yeah. um, people respected it as, as a space and didn't ruin it um and and it was something that brightened up in any way so it really yeah. depends that everybody on is saying, right? yeah you know the art yeah. on say someone's wall behind their zoom screen you know that that is something that either is identifying them or so there's there's always like um it's, it's just so personal, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> you've, got, you, you've got to kind of go to whoever the client is and work out then who they're serving, and then you've got to work out how the project could touch on their lives in some way and not touch on it just as, oh, look, there's the pretty picture that an artist has done and put near me. Mm-hmm. It might a, a lot of the time now it's more like wanting to involve the community either in the design of a public art mural or in choosing the artist, maybe in a competition. So so there being some element of sort of public vote or public inclusion or getting community groups to come and work on things. For example, there's a, a project we might get involved in in central London. And for that, there is a chance that maybe we'll work with community groups to paint a larger project. So it's it's trying to find out often with the client who, who they um, particularly are trying to serve with that art and then really tailor the project around it. So a lot of what we do is quite bespoke. Folk. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it will be. What do I need to know about you that you haven't told me? Uh, right. Well, we, we need to, I suppose, um, tell you about our clothes swaps because that's the newest thing that we've brought into what we're doing. <laughs> well, we're definitely going to talk about that. What I'm interested in is understanding a little bit more about you. So, so tell, tell me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, well, I love art, obviously. <laughs> um, I like sport, hence the fact we met a few sporting We saw each other at the gym, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I am doing a group on Sundays, which is for young people, um, and going doing sports and gym, which is great fun and keeps me busy on a Sunday morning. Um, but I've also done community sports coaching in the past, and I'm quite interested in that. But I wasn't particularly sporty, and then I raised some money for St Mungo's after my dad passed away, me and... My friends and family did quite a bit of fundraising for St Mungo's and I used sport, I guess, as a way to kind of, in his memory, but also to get through that time. Okay. So I did lots of things like jumping out of planes and abseiling and finally ran slash walked a marathon. And so I've done, I've probably done all the things that I needed to do, but I'm still gently fundraising on that. So sport is kind of part of that journey as well. And I also really like boxing. So I used to volunteer at a boxing club in North London. Okay. Have you ever boxed? 
No, um, they might be doing a white collar boxing thing locally, and I am I am considering it, Chris. I'm considering whether I you should know try what? and do the. the <laughs> I am. Um, I'd, I'd love to, but I'm allergic to getting punched in the face. So I'm oh, definitely. Yeah. I'm definitely not. Gonna, I just. There's not. There's nothing that's gonna. I like. I like the. I like the training, but the actually getting here. I'm, I'll, I'll leave to other people. Um, well, yeah. To, I mean, mo most of the time, the training bit is is the yeah. That's the fun bit, isn't it? The sparring, and 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 I've never got hit yet but then i've never been in the actual ring but even in like most of the time if you're any good you won't get hit hopefully where where does the interest uh where's <laughs> i don't know if you can avoid it entirely to be honest but um where does the interest in boxing come from um i was my housing association wanted wellness volunteers so i was um doing some sort of qu gym qualification Right. And then I wanted to do some voluntary work around that to make sure that I wasn't just going and get the qualification and doing nothing else. And then I found a boxing club near me, which was mostly for homeless people, but also people within the community, young mums, yeah. uh, anyone locally could come for free and train. So I volunteered there for quite a while. Yeah, good stuff. So that was part one. Part two coming up next week. Um, even though we're sort of shelving uh the end of the podcast which are the answers we have got a couple of answers from last week uh charlotte so would you like to do the catchphrase here's the end of another podcast but the end is never truly the end because the end is always the beginning of something entirely new but and, uh, and last week's question of the podcast was about zoo animals if i remember correctly what's your favorite zoo animal um, and we had, what is it, two, three responses? Two. Uh, yep, Stacey so. Keen uh, said, hmm, half one as I love all animals. For me, it will be seals. Just love watching how graceful they are. And then Russell and Stacey had a bit of a chat in the comments of that one. Um, oh, you can watch them on the beach. That's cool. Um, and Hayley Ball uh, said elephants. Now, when, when Raz is talking about the seals on the beach in Norfolk, I've been to see those seals, and they are amazing. One story about that, I saw a seal give birth on that beach, which was both a incredibly traumatic but an incredibly life-affirming experience. And on that note, no, no, no. that's Didn't, the story. No, 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 no. There's more to that story, because I remember Soap said something... And it just became an in-joke that just stayed for a while um, about the when the when the seal was born, she said it was fresh. Fresh? <laughs> fresh as a daisy. Um, I, I think all babies are fresh when they come out. Disgustingly fresh, but, <laughs> but very fresh. <laughs> very and on that fresh. note, is, they should market more products like that. You know, fruit, disgustingly fresh. <laughs> um, uh, but, and, and another visual question to end the podcast, listeners, if you'd like to uh, email in, what would you call disgustingly fresh? And on that note, let's end the podcast. See you next week. Bye. Bye.